God, I just thank you for your word. I pray for your anointing that as I speak, your words are being shared and released and that your anointing will not destroy yokes. So I thank you, Father God, whoever hears this message, they shall be set free from any bondages. They shall receive healing and revelation that rebukes all the lies in their mind and in their hearts. And I thank you, Father God, that there is great deliverance, joy and peace and love that they shall have. So I thank you for your word. I thank you, Holy Spirit, right now that you move in and through me and that you release that anointing upon the air, upon the video. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Reading 1 Samuel chapter 31 and 2 Samuel chapter 1. It was about King Saul, his death, and how King David reacted. And then I thought I was going to share that today, but when I asked him what he would like to talk about, I felt he said Psalm 18. And the funny thing is, Psalm 18 is when David is delivered from the wickedness that the enemy wanted to commit through King Saul. And so I'll just, I'll read. It says, Psalm 18, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength in whom I will trust. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. And he continues to go on. He talks about the suffering, about how he is pressed on every side. But God, it says, verse 6, In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. And he heard my voice from his temple. And my cry came before him, even to his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of the hills also quaked and were shaken because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down with darkness under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub and flew. He flew upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place. His canopy around him was dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. From the brightness before him, his thick clouds passed with hailstones and coals of fire. Hmm. The Lord thundered from heaven and the Most High uttered his voice. Hailstones and coals of fire. He sent out his arrows and scattered the foe, lightnings in abundance, and he vanquished them. Then the channels of the sea were seen, the foundations of the world were uncovered. At, you, at your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils. And then in verse 16, he starts to talk about how God has delivered him. He sent from above, he took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me. For they were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. What came to mind when I read this part, which is kind of not exactly what is written, but how David describes the reaction God has to his calamity and Yes, it can be a description, a general description of how mighty God is and what he does. Sorry, I just got distracted from the slipper in the background. Okay, but anyway, um, I think I 
put more attention to it just now than necessary. Sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, what was I saying? Yes. So what reminded me was how David is giving a description in the way that God is reacting to his suffering and to his attacks. And I just was reminded of Pharisees and Sadducees in which they were offended by Jesus when Jesus claimed that he was the son of God and also the son of man. So they said, how can you call God your father? And they were basically jealous, right? So it reminded me of how we can have a religious mindset that says, who are you that God would listen to your cries? Who are you that he would deliver you? And not just deliver you, but deliver you in such a way as he did King David. And I think that's a dangerous thought to have. Something I have experienced with others, but I believe I also had, you know? And that stems from just religion itself and not necessarily a relationship with God. Because if that were the case, then God should not answer any of our prayers or even the smallest ones, but he does care. And if he did this for David, who was not even covered by the blood of Jesus yet, how much more us who are covered by his blood? And so we can ask God of things and he will answer. We can cry out to him and he will do something. He will roar in the heavens for you and he will make a way. And I love David because he didn't seek vengeance on his own and he saw everything through the lens of what God is doing and how God was moving and he really took on God as his Lord as his Savior because he didn't do things on his own accord he sought God first so even if he was up against Saul and Saul was chasing him down I believe he still sought God and that's why he was able to show mercy. He was able to extend mercy to his enemy who was chasing after him his entire life with no other reason besides jealousy. Because David didn't do any harm. He didn't like do anything else. So maybe, his, maybe Saul's reputation was a state because God was moving so mightily through David. But that's not a cause to try to chase someone down and murder them, right? So anyway... So in verse 20, the Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to cleanness of my hands. He has recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me. I was also blameless before him, and I kept myself from my iniquity. Therefore, the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. And the reference here is when they were in the cave, they, uh, King Saul came and did not know that David was in, also in the cave and he could have clearly killed him. This was his opportunity. He was vulnerable because he was doing some business in the cave, right? And David instead extends mercy. And that's what he means by saying my hands are clean. So if you are dealing with someone who is either over you or even in the household, right? 
or someone that you know or a friend, I would ask God direction because yes, you stand on your authority, you bind the unclean spirit and you withstand it, yes, but also ask him what exactly he wants you to do in your heart because David still showed Saul mercy, knowing that he was anointed and appointed by God. And it says in verse 25, because he showed mercy, David is also able to say this. With the merciful, you will show yourself merciful. With a blameless man, you will show yourself blameless. With the pure, you will show yourself pure. And with the devious, you will show yourself shrewd. I love the pure part because it says those who are pure in heart shall see God. And I believe he experienced that. And it says, with the devious, you will show yourself shrewd. I also like that. And I'm reminded of Jacob because he definitely was a deviant and God did show himself shrewd. He did it with the circumstances. He made sure that yes, Jacob made deals and things to get out of stuff, but he couldn't get away with it. So yeah, it just shows that God is faithful, even when we're not, even when we resort to our own methods and our own ideas of how to go about things, he's still merciful faithful but he will show himself true to you if you're trying to figure out things on your own and that's out of love it's not just because he wants to dismantle your pride or arrogance which it kind of is because that goes along with control right that if you have issues with control they go kind of hand to hand so Yes, he's doing that, but also out of protection, because if we if things were to go out the way that we had planned or tried to do on our own, it would lead to destruction. And that destruction is a life without God, a life walking forward and not seeking his face. I was going to, I said faith, but also faith, uh, not relying on him because he's the best. There's safety in him. There's protection. There's guidance. And anything that you do that he leads you to, there is fruit because you're being led by the Spirit. And I learned last Saturday about how you can only bear the fruit of the Spirit through the Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, and not on your own. And if you do try, you'll either burn out or your self-righteousness grows to the max and you cannot probably handle yourself and others probably cannot stand that either. So... What I love, he says, for you will save the humble people, but will bring down haughty looks. Haughty looks. And I love this. He says, for you will light my lamp. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. I love that so much because he's saying that he will light our lamp and that the Lord our God will enlighten our darkness. And that reminds me of Israelites in Exodus, how they were entering in or they were escaping Egypt they, were, they had to cross the Red Sea, and yet they begin complaining. And this was a couple weeks ago that I related to them. I understood because sometimes what I've experienced in the past marks me that I cannot imagine a different outcome of the same act, of the same thinking that, of course, A, will lead to B, is what I thought. But when I read that passage and there was a Bible study I was in and they were going over that passage too, I just was able to relate. 
and I told God I don't want to complain. I didn't even know that me saying those things was complaining, but now I see that, and I would like to sever every every experience that I've had, every traumatic experience that I've had, every negative experience that I've had that is already programming or have programmed my mind to, to think a certain way, to expect a certain outcome because of what, what I experienced. I said that because God, this is a new year and I want you to do new things. And if I have to partner with the new things, even if it looks crazy or maybe it's through the same thing, but you want to give me a different breakthrough. I just told him I'm willing. And it was very painful. Like I'm not bashing on the Israelites for their 40-year journey, which I totally understand. Totally understand. I'm not bashing it because actually there was a lot of pain attached to renouncing and repenting and severing myself from any past negative experiences. And that that's also for things I thought that God had told me to do, but it wasn't time yet. Or he never told me to do and I decided I wanted to do. So whatever it was, whatever it was, whether it was still with the intent to follow God's will or not, I asked that he forgive me for still holding on to those things. And I renounced them. I severed those things in the mighty name of Jesus so that he can begin new things. He can, be, he can even make the crooked paths in my brain and my thought processes straight because that's his word. That's something I also pray when I go out to pray for people. That's something that I pray, especially for people who are in despair or have mental issues and struggles. I pray that God makes the crooked path straight because something neurologically needs to take place and spiritually needs to be aligned according to God's word, in order for God to do a new thing and in order for a person to be open to experiencing that. And it's also healing. A lot of it is healing. Like when God said, uh, when David said that God had set him on a high place, that is not just deliverance, but it's great healing. And I believe, like even from my experience, dealing with someone difficult who is above me that was manipulative or whatever it was, it can be difficult to see beyond the natural. But when you seek God and when he had given me the grace to seek him, to submit even still, to lay down what I thought was right and my self-righteousness, I was able to see that God can put forgiveness in my heart and extension of love and also so that those very things that were happening to me do not plant seeds in me for me to repeat i think many people overlook that they just think that oh this happened to me this was tragic right but if we're not careful that very thing and the way that we deal with those experiences negative experiences how it shapes us and forms our thinking we have to be be very careful but not even careful, I would say present those to God so that he can confirm whether it is correct and he can also heal. Because I believe God is not looking for us to always get it right. 
he's actually looking to be involved in our lives, to have a place in our hearts. If he's the Lord of your heart, that's great. But if you can at least offer a footstool in the room in your heart, it's a beginning, right? So I don't think it's about necessarily how great we can be on this earth. And there is greatness in us. If you've accepted Christ, there is greatness in us because God is in you. He is great. But no buts about that. There is greatness in you. I think the, the value, though, God is not looking that you get everything right. God is looking in whether or not you are inviting him in and that you can have that journey and that walk of faith with him as opposed to alone and trying things by yourself. So before I end, there's so much good in here, but I already feel like it's coming to a close. The thing that touched me, touch, touched me, that touched me. Oh, English is my first language sometimes. I feel it is not, but God is gracious. Uh, verse 35, you have also given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand has held me up. Your gentleness has made me great. I love that so much because he didn't say your strength, your power, and your might made me great, which is all true. If he were to say those things, those are so true. But I love that he says your gentleness has made me great. Because he's not looking at just the power, the strength, and everything that he's done to overcome. He's seeing how gentle God is in delivering him, in healing him, in bringing him to places in his heart that he needed. Uh, refuge or healing. Rescuing, of course. But still. Um, even submission. And it just it painted an image in my head where Jesus when he encountered people who needed healing and how he told them to rise up and walk. But I also see that he extended a hand to Peter when he was sinking in the water. And that's the kind of gentleness that makes us great. It's that pulling up. It's that hand-to-hand -hand contact. It's that heart-to-heart -heart connection that makes us great. And there's something that I wrote yesterday because I wrote about what I was learning through 1 Samuel 31 and 2 Samuel 1 was that the heart is the most important. And if you want to go to bigger places, if you want to do greater things, you need a bigger heart. And that will require some training through some not so not so good people or uh people just uh dealing with different things yeah so it requires some kind of experience it requires a certain training and that will only make your heart bigger if you find that you come out of those experiences with bitterness, ask him for healing and he will do it. But it's always about submission and what it is that God has instructed me to do. Because it's not always about trying to be right and trying to be self-righteous. So, God, I just thank you for your word. I thank you, Holy Spirit. You'll speak to whoever is listening to this right now. That they'll be led by you. That there's a certain grace upon their lives being extended right now to be obedient to what you've called them to do. 
and to obey even if it means surrender and submission to the very one that is giving them hardship. God, I thank you that you're not only going to bless them because of this, but you'll heal their hearts and they'll be able to forgive, release, and bless. But that, Father, you'll raise them up in the right time. And that, Father, you'll give them authority over those evil spirits that is trying to torment or oppress them even. Because, God, that is your grace. And you give it to those who humble themselves. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Thank you.